before we go any further, I do want to pray. God, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to surrender his physical life on the cross for us. That we can have a close relationship with you, closer than what we deserve. God, you have given us a free entrance into heaven by your free gift of grace. We receive you today and by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, last week uh, or a couple of weeks ago, I had forgotten my glasses. This week, my dog found them. This is not a joke. I don't even know how that's possible. I don't even know where the glass went. I might find it in a few days. But uh, you'll have to bear with me today on our uh, message as we go forward. Thank goodness for... uh, Patience for a new puppy. Um, well, I'm glad you're here this morning. Uh, in fact, I'm really glad you're here this morning. Because I'm t- I'm, the topic today is, is one that's going to build us, it's going to strengthen us, and it's going to continue to move our church into a deeper level. As long as we continue to pursue God as not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word, Correct? We're here every single week. Hopefully we have that uh, biblical principle settled into our hearts and our minds that we don't come to just hear, but we come to put into application because the application of what you hear is where growth happens. And I believe that we are experiencing growth in our church because you are willing to step out of those comfortable zones that we sometimes find ourselves through the patterns of life and the systems that we have. We come here and we're ready to take that step into a different direction that maybe we have found ourselves in. And so today is no different and I am excited for what God has been speaking into my heart. And I am excited to share and just to release some of the things that be that are pent up when I'm studying and I'm preparing a message. It's a wrestling that goes on. Lord, what are you speaking to me? What are you speaking to your people? What is the DNA? Where are where are we at as a church? Lord, help me to communicate, not my words. Lord Jesus, just let it be your words. Help me to just be an instrument and a mouthpiece to what you are speaking. And I believe that God is speaking to us today. And there is a powerful dynamic that is happening in this church. And there is a shift that is beginning to happen that you may not recognize or realize that is happening. But there is a deepening sense and a deepening arena as we grow of friendship. Of friends. People around you who you have in your life that can ask you the question, are you good? The title of today's message, Are You Good? Have you been there before? We've had, had someone in your life or needed someone in your life to say, are you good? Who know you well enough to look you in the eyes, know where you're at, look behind the smile and see the pain and know the pain that you're experiencing and know that in your isolation is tearing you down and tearing you apart and inside you're drowning and someone comes alongside you and breathes life into your soul by just simply looking at you and saying, are you good? I'm thankful for the relationships that are developing in this church. We are developing and cultivating an an environment of friendships, of good friendships. And it's strengthening the church. The church here is strengthening. The bonds of friendships are good. Our main verse today comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And I'm going to skip ahead just a little bit. I want to read this first. 
And it's this, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, which Ecclesiastes is a very, very powerful book, very insightful, raw human emotions where um, the writer is at. But here we're taking just a little bite of it. In this passage, in this, these are a couple of verses, we tend to put them together with marriage, but it's also included with friendships. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. I want you to say that with me. Two are better than one. Ready? Two are better than one. Two are better than one. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. For if he falls, he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. Say that with me. Two can withstand him. You did it. Two can withstand him, and two are better than one. How many of us have friends in our lives and know that that's a good thing? But how many of us know that it's better to have a good friend than just a friend? How many of us know the difference between a friend and a good friend? If you know the difference, then God has truly blessed you. He's given you a gift in your life to be able to call someone a good friend. Someone who's there for you. Someone who helps you up. Someone who can help you when you fall. A few years ago, my grandfather passed away from cancer. He was a strong man. He was a colonel. He was a pilot. served in World War II. Korea, Vietnam, tough guy, tough as nails. One of those guys, you know what I'm talking about. He got cancer. I think he was about 78 years old, approaching 80. Two years he battled this, and his body just began to wither away. And he became frail and weak. I don't have to describe the scene. You know what that's like. On on the day that he died, we were gathered around him, and we sang songs and worship songs and we just prayed and we talked to him and he just passed away in peace as the family gathered out in the living room we were just quiet we weren't really sure what to say the words didn't really just fill the room we just sat in a silence and joe Coates, uh, my grandfather who uh, would say that it was his best friend and they had that they would say that about each other came over and if you know joe some of you do you know that he's a man of words and he he knows what to say he's just one of those guys And he comes in, and I'll never forget this, and he comes to the family, and he speaks up, and he knows that we're just in this processing mode, and it's been quiet, and he stands there, and he says, I've had a lot of friends in my life, and I've had very few friends, and Fred was a good friend. And that struck me, and I'll never remember that, because it was so poignant, because he was communicating the importance of a good friend. My grandfather and... Joe, they knew the importance of having one another in their lives. It strengthened each other. It gave encouragement to one another. They were there to ask each other, you good? See, there's a longing in your heart. There's a longing in our hearts to cultivate these friendships that is growing in our church. And even though it's growing, I still believe that it's a, a topic that is a, that is relevant for many of us in here who desire a good friend but still don't have a good friend in their life. 
Now, many of us have good friends, but they're outside the church walls. We work outside the church walls. We're working 40, 50 plus hours a week. And a lot of us have friends, are good friends that are unbelievers. But I wonder if the challenge should be for us to have good friends that are biblically uh, sound people who are, are, are people of faith, people of prayer, people who understand God's word, who are on the same playing field with you spiritually, can encourage you and build your faith. Not just people who can give you good advice or good financial advice or good relationship advice, but somebody who comes in and says, hey, brother or sister, I know where you're at. I, I see you, and I'm going to be standing in the gap with you. I'm going to be intercess- be an intercessory prayer with you. I'm going to spiritually encourage you. How many of us have a good friend like that? And if you have that, you are truly, truly blessed. And I want to encourage us today that we can look inside our life and see who do we have or where is our need for a godly friend who will lift you up when you've fallen down. Because let's face it, you're going to get attacked. You're going to, you're going to face an enemy. You're going to face a battle. And too many of us are facing this in isolation and alone. And unfortunately, the church does a really good job at providing opportunities for us to get together and be here as one another. And we go and we serve one another. We go and we, we, we go to the, we, we go to the community. We serve the community. These are all great things. These are attributes of friendships. But what sometimes is missing, missing underneath all of that is those deeply rooted friendships that people know you. There's an individual that knows you, knows your problems, knows your struggles, can celebrate with you, who brings life into your soul just by being around them. Someone who sharpens you. And we come to church, and this isn't anything negative. It's a good thing. But I think there's something deeper, right? Let's connect on this deep level. We come to church. We pray. We, we come to church. We sing the songs. We come to church, and through the preaching, some of us are still stuck in isolation. And we've wrestled with the spiritual forces that come against us and our spiritual heart and our spiritual mind. And it seems like we battle and battle. We get, we get knocked down. We fall over and over and over again. And it seems so hard and we're struggling to get back up. And I would dare say that many of us are finding such a hard time to get back up so quickly. It's because we've been fighting these battles by ourselves too long. And God has ordained the church to be together, to share with, with one another, to be in common. And I believe that there, it's more of a challenge today to make this work for you and I. And it takes effort and it takes a pursuit to cultivate a relationship with someone who can be there by your side. And it could be your wife or your husband. But it's beneficial to have A strong friend. A good friend. Someone who is there for you. Who can be with you. That's outside the marriage. This is not just a human need. It's a biblical principle in the core of Christianity. See, Jesus, he modeled for us what it, the importance of close relationships. He had the 12 disciples. They were close. They did ministry. They, they were around thousands of people all the time. And Jesus would consider them friends. But in his ministry, he modeled what it meant to have good friends. 
surrounded by the 12. He had the, the disciples with them, and they talked with each other. They ministered with each other. They knew, knew each other's personalities. They, they knew um, what would be the frustrations, how they would be agitated. You know, when you spend that much time together every single day, you just know how people are made. You know their personalities, what makes them tick. You know the, 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 the people who have that certain type of humor that you only get because you know that person. They knew and understood each other. And in that 12, there were three. Peter, James, and John. The inner circle that Jesus had. And in that three, there was the one, John, who he was close to then. Had a special link. I believe that he did this because he modeled for us how important it is for us not to just have friendly acquaintances, but to have strongly, deeply rooted relationships. And many Christians have strong, deep rooted uh, relationships or friendships outside the church or outside of a believer. There's nothing wrong with that. That's good. That's helpful. And I believe that you're an influence to that person. But there's something missing when you don't have somebody in your life that can sharpen you, that can encourage you, that can lift you up and fall when you fall. And falling doesn't always mean failure. It just means that you're susceptible to vulnerability. To instability. And those moments where your kids are fighting, your husband is fighting, your work is fighting, the financial reports are fighting, your dogs are fighting, your mind is fighting... And you begin to question, you begin to doubt, and you begin to lose your confidence in who you thought you were. You begin to feel separated, and you begin to feel that isolation and that loneliness. And you begin to feel like you're treading water, and it feels like you're, 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 you're barely making it. And you can't touch the bottom. You don't know how long you're going to be able to make it any longer. And some of us, we need, I'll rephrase that, all of us need somebody. We just do. It's built inside of us. God designed us to be together. That's why he created the, this, the church. And he didn't do this just for, just for the singing and the preaching. That is a part of it. That is a biblical model that binds us together. But there was something internally about having a good friend and pursuing a good friend is a model that Jesus presented to us you see Jesus pursued his disciples did he not Jesus called them out he sought them out and he said come be with me friendships built with honesty and openness and frank talk and love with one another this is what this is, is being vulnerable with one another. And I, I hope that my heart is coming out that the strength of the church is really dependent upon the relationship with God and relationship with each other. The relationship that we have together, this church, the influence that we have, is only as strong as the relationships within here. The opposite is true. The church will become weak when there's no longer relationships here. Right? We are a moving, motivating force because we are unified 
We have things in common, and we have an agenda, and that is a mission to go and make disciples, to go and reach the community. We are in the mission field, and we can't do this by ourselves, and we can't do this as individuals. We are here as a body, and that body is strengthened through relationships. And I want to just say again and reiterate that I'm thankful for the friendships and the relationships that, that are now being more deeply rooted than ever in our church. And I see our church gaining a lot of traction in this area. But as a church, as the, the church as a whole, Christians, Christianity, the global church, I would say that we, if we were to look ourselves in the mirror, we would say that we have not really done a great job at creating an atmosphere of deeply rooted friendships. We have created an atmosphere of being friendly, which is the beginning. And that is one of our statements, is passionate, friendly, and serving. And that is the starting point. And we might be able to take a lesson from the, the world in this. Now, this sounds, this might be just a little bit difficult to swallow, but perhaps, just perhaps, the bar scene is a little bit more of a relationship atmosphere there than at the church. The vulnerability that happens with relationships there, might we might be able to get an understanding or an insight of what people are desiring. Chuck Swindoll he recognized this as well. And it's not condoning the bar scene. Okay, I don't want everybody to go to the bars and start making relationships there. That's not what I'm preaching here. He said, Chuck Swindoll recognized this, and I love this quote, and it might be on the screen. It is, the neighborhood bar is possibly the best counterfeit that there is to the fellowship Christ wants us to give his church. It's an imitation, dispensing liquor instead of grace, escape rather than reality but it's permissive it's accepting and inclusive fellowship it's unshockable it's democratic and you could tell people your secrets and they usually don't tell others even or even want to the bar flourishes not because more people are alcoholics but because god has put into the human heart the desire to know and be known to love and be loved and so many seek a counterfeit at the price of a few beers point is, is that we all desire a deep connection with one another. And if the world can do this, right? If the bar can do this, then I think the church could at least meet that standard. In fact, this is a counterfeit. The bar scene is a counterfeit. But what you have in here is unique and genuine and authentic. There's a love that is here that binds you here that is different than alcohol. It's the love of Christ that will bind you and deeply root you. And connect you in a way that is more powerful and will demonstrate itself more. And create more value in you and in others here than outside. 
Ecclesiastes. Talks about good friends. Talks about what friendship does. And there's three principles I want to hover over and quickly point out. What are good friends? Good friend is this. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to those who are alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. A good friend is there when you fall. Someone to give their strength to weak knees. To give their strength over to someone who cannot get up on their own quite yet. Someone who is there to assist when things are hard, things are troubled, things that are tripping them up. Will walk by and say, I've got your hand. I'm not going to just stand there and look at you. But I'm going to give you spiritual strength in your heart. So that you're not staying there for too long. Too many Christians have been in that spot of trying to get up for too long. Because they're missing a key element to the strength in their relationship with God. And that is a good friend. Someone who steps in and says, you good? Grabs the hand. Gives their strength over to the person who is tripped up. Grabs them by the elbow. Lifts them up. Says, you got this. Reminds them that they're not alone. Reminds them that God is going to fight that battle. Reminds them that, that your hand is linked in with theirs. Reminds them that they have a hope that's in the future. That's in the next step. That they can stand back up. That they don't have to live where Satan wants them to live. That they can be confident because someone who has the confidence in you, where you don't possess that, you will begin to gain a new confidence. Because sometimes we see a greater opportunity or greater possession of Christ in someone else's life than what they see in their own, right? Sometimes we miss out seeing what God is doing in our lives. We have a good visual of what God is doing in other people's lives, but we somehow have the blinders to what we see God is doing. A good friend is someone who says, I'm helping you out, and God is doing something and reminding you, giving strength to your legs, helping you to stand right back up. Someone who knows you well enough, who will not just watch you be there, not just acknowledge that you're there, but will lift you up and out. Not just someone who listens, but someone who reacts. Not just someone who hears, but someone who responds. A good friend knows what you're going through and helps give you strength and stability to your life and gives the hand of encouragement when you fall because those times will come. Unfortunately, we live in a fallen world. But God has designed and given you a, a companion, someone that can give you a hand so that you're not alone. A good friend, number two, brings comfort. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Listen, I'm going to be honest here. We're going to have to be blood brothers before I let our backs touch while we're sleeping at a camping trip. Just saying. That's going to be a little awkward, right? This points to more than the physical. This is pointing to the spiritual. What this is saying is that when you spend a night by yourself... It, it gets cold, it gets lonely, and there are things that are outside of your control, like the weather, trying to stay warm by yourself. There are things outside of your control that you need someone there to bring a comfort. When you're alone and you're isolated by yourself, one person come in, brings a warmth to your soul that you can't bring by yourself. Someone who comes alongside you, and when those circumstances come that you have no control over, they walk beside you and there's a comfort and a hope that is there together that's stronger than you by yourself. When you're isolated by yourself, that is when you're vulnerable 
and susceptible to the circumstances that are outside of your control to start robbing the joy out of your life, start robbing the confidence of God in you, start robbing those things that you know as truth in your heart and your, in your relationship with God. But when you have someone there with you, there is a comfort and a closeness that encourages you to keep going. Have you ever had a friend that way? Then when you're with them, it just, it just brings a comfort. You see them, you get a note, you get a phone call, you're happy. It just brings a comfort to you. This is what God desires of us, is to continue or to find someone if we don't have someone. That when you say, how am I going to make it through? How am I going to make it through the night? You have someone who is there with you that gives you strength and comfort and hope and fills your soul with peace and assurance because of the Spirit of God living inside them and it reflects and gives it right back into you. Three, good friend is someone who will fight with you. There are too many Christians who are fighting battles all by themselves in isolation. Too many Christians who think they're strong enough to handle it by themselves and they stay vulnerable and they wonder why they're being attacked so much and so often and possibly it's because no one has their back. And to have your back is you have, you have to let down your defenses, right? Let down the guard. Invite someone into the front line. Invite someone to come in and, and know what your battles are so they can fight with you. And we're talking spiritually, talking about intercession. We're talking about prayer. We're talking about checking up and say, hey, guess what? I feel like God is speaking to you. And I feel like God is speaking to me. How are you? You good? Someone who can share in that conflict because you are at war right now. There are battles that you are facing right now. At every single moment, Satan is prowling, waiting for the moment to kill, to steal, and destroy. There is a demonic force. It's real. And it's over you, it's over your mind, it's over your heart, it's over your family, it's over your kids, it's over your marriage, it's every aspect, it's over your work, it's every aspect over you. And this spiritual force that's happening, I wish for a second that I could just have the blinders taken off to see the reality of this, right? And where the angels are there battling, and when there's two or three gathered together, we've already said this in his name, guess what, there's a greater force of power within your life. Because you have someone watching your back. You have someone fighting off the spiritual forces and attacks. It is a reality. God's saying this, not me. And we need to be strong, especially in this time and in this, now, in this uh, time now. And in your life, you are going to face attacks. And the more that you grow closer to God, the more those attacks are going to increase. You want to know how you're doing a good job in your relationship with God? I think you could already guess this. Those attacks are coming, but they don't get you down. You just recognize them, and Satan doesn't have a foothold. So even though the attacks come more, you're able to fight those off, and especially if you've got someone there with you, because two are greater than one, and two can withstand where one may not. So there's power, there's a force that is greater when you have someone in your life. And how many of us have that person in our life that is standing and defending and fighting alongside with you? It's a good thing to have a friend to guard and block and attack the enemy with you like David. 
and Jonathan, Moses and Aaron, Jesus, the disciples and Paul and Silas. We could go on in the list of the dynamic duo and where power is made in the, the, the power of a team, the power of God that is demonstrated where two or three are gathered. Having a friend you can trust, a friend that you can depend on. Let's be honest, the church as a whole should be the area that we find our best friends. This should be where our best friends are. The church as a whole, that's where we have our greatest unity, our greatest connection, our greatest uh, arena of openness and, and a weakness and vulnerability that actually gives us strength for one another. It's the love of Christ in you and in us together that we are able to love differently, that we are able to challenge and encourage each other there's a need for one another that's in here that's in here that's different than outside there's a responsibility to take care of one another that's different than out there and yet there are people no doubt in here probably throughout that through all the sunday mornings and even in the weekly activities that we have going on are still finding themselves in this isolation and if we were honest it, we've probably all been there and we realize how vulnerable and susceptible we are to our faith waning how susceptible we are to Satan's attacks upon our lives and how we feel a need to have someone to check up on us and say we're good the New York Times, 1985, in September, they wrote this article, kind of a tragic but eye-opening story, and it's a celebration that was held in New Orleans Municipal Swimming Pool. The occasion was the celebration of the first summer in memory where no one had drowned in any New Orleans city pool. 200 people gathered at one of the New Orleans' largest pools including 100 certified lifeguards. The festivities lasted for several hours, but as the party was breaking up and four lifeguards on duty began to clear the pool, they found 31-year-old Jerome Moody at the bottom of the pool. They tried to revive him, but it was too late. He had drowned surrounded by friends and people trained as lifeguards who had come to commemorate a safe and successful season but lost his life without anyone noticing. I wonder how many people are drowning in loneliness and despair around us while no one's noticing. Struggling in isolation and emptiness. I want to ask the worship team to come forward. Or Mark, would you mind just coming forward and playing something on the guitar? This is an unspoken, but, but to be quite frank, it's, it's really an area of the church, and I would say including our church, that people have found themselves in this sea of exhaustion. And they're fighting battles by themselves and in loneliness, and they feel like they're drowning. Through the, all the activities of the church, there are people that are looking for deeply root, rooted relationships. Someone to come alongside them and notice Help. Help them stand up on their feet. Be there for them. Encourage them in their faith. And be a good friend.
I believe that the church, and I know you believe this too, is needing more than friendly acquaintances. It's needing more than just attending events together. But people are needing a connection with someone who understands where they're at spiritually, emotionally, mentally, your whole life. Do you have someone who knows this about you? You know, those times when you find yourself by yourself or maybe even surrounded by people still asking, do I have a friend? We know that God is our friend. We know that he's been there with us and he's never left you. He has been by your side and he's been closer than a brother to you. But in the same token, God has also designed someone to walk with you through all of the things that life throws at you. Just as Jesus was with the disciples and modeled life with a close friendship with others. I want to ask that we stand together. Maybe you haven't realized this before or thought about it. But maybe you've been walking with God by yourself. Just really think about it. Have you opened yourself up? Do you have someone that you feel like you can open up? Maybe many of us feel like we just don't have that person. We want that. But it's just not there. We desire this, and I just don't know how. Life's busy, you're working, you've got your family, you've got your kids, you've got all the sports events. How do you invite someone to have a close relationship in your life that's a friendship that you can count on, trust, and be vulnerable with, and let in those secrets that you're holding in by yourself? Maybe you recognize that this is a missing link in your spiritual walk. It's, your spiritual walk is strong, but you just know it can be stronger. Today, I want to encourage you, you don't have to fight those battles on your own anymore. You don't have to. You don't have to be battling in isolation. That God cares enough about you that I believe that he is sending or has already sent someone in your life so that you have a partner in this. Have someone with you. Help give you strength to your legs. And he's positioned you here. This is a great place to not just have acquaintances, but to have good, solid friends. Somebody you can count on, somebody you can depend on. And I want to pray for you. And there's an aspect of this closing. Basically, three questions. Number one, are you good? Number two, do you have a friend? And that good friend that we're talking about, you know what I mean. Do you have a good friend? You can ask that question to yourself. Number two, we're going to put this on our prayer list. Put it on the prayer list. Ask God. If you don't have somebody, ask God to give you somebody. See the, see the people around you who can encourage you and strengthen you. He's already maybe sent someone that's perfect in your life that you know is going to help encourage your faith and encourage you through prayer and strengthen you and challenge you. And number three, be that 
person that you need in your life. We give our friendship. We give our help. We give our words of encouragement. We give our hand to someone. Even though we may not feel strong, chances are you're stronger than you think you are, especially in an arena where somebody else is struggling that you have may already come through. Right? We need each other. The strength and health of this church is dependent upon each other and our relationship with God and encouraging. So I want us to close our eyes. I want to ask you, if this is you where you need a friend, a good friend in your life, a good friend that can be there for you, and you, you have a need, I want you to raise your hand. This is you. Yes, 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 yes. You're just feeling like you're just trying to do this on your own. Yes. Feel like your relationship with God is, is, is good, but it could be strong. You just need somebody to share with. Yes, yes. You feel like, like you, you want a, somebody who's got your back. You need that. Feel like you've been battling through things that are by yourself. Yes. Feel like you, you just need some help and a support. Somebody to link arms with to give you strength, more solidarity in your prayer walk or your relationship with God. You need some help with just getting ma- mental strength and having the, 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 the confidence that you need. Yes, back there. God, yes, that, that somebody can be with you in that encouraging, not to condemn you, but to lift you up. You need that in your life. I want to pray for you and over you. Jesus, you see every single person here, those who raise their hands and those who haven't, but you see the heart. God, I specifically ask that you will bring people into the lives of a good friend, someone who will be an encourager to the people who have raised their hands saying they have a need in this area. There's a perhaps a hole in their heart. They know what's missing. God, you've been faithful. You've been good to them, but they're needing strength. They want to move forward in the stronger relationship with you. They need someone in their life. God, provide for them the right person to come along the path. Lord, open their eyes and their heart to the person that may already be in their life. Jesus, that they can develop and pursue a, rela- a friendship with them, God, that, that can encourage them and strengthen their spirit and their soul, God. No more fighting on our own. No more battles by ourselves. But God, with you and with Others with us, we are strong. We're stronger as a church, as individuals, as families, as, as men, as women, and fathers, and wives, husbands, mothers. God, I pray in the name of Jesus for the dynamic of good friends in this place as we strengthen one another and build the body of Christ and strengthen our influence and then we become that moving, motivating force that we know that we can be as we are linked arms together. Jesus, I ask that you will do the providing and we just follow after you. Help us to give a hand in need by the strength you've given us. Help us to reach out. Help us to be that friend. Help us to give that encouragement. Jesus, I ask that you bless this wonderful group of people here today. Bless us with good relationships, good friendships, in unity and strength. In Jesus' name, we said together, amen, amen. God bless you. Love you so much.
thank you for being here. Let's continue to pursue good, godly friendships together, shall we? Amen. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful week.